Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. God's so good. And uh, so this, when we were praying before Christmas, this word came alive in me. Can you? Can you pull up the graphic? Um, maybe, maybe not. Praise the Lord. Not sure how those things all work. They're all going to wiggle around. They're going to do their thing. And then the graphic will appear magically. <laughs> I don't do that. I don't know. And I'm not learning. I have other things to learn. Amen. <laughs> I'm sure I could figure it out somehow. But I am blessed with those around me who do those things. Amen. So I, I want to just encourage you. Uh, with some different words today, things that God's put on my heart that I hope he'll put on yours and get you stirred up for where we're going. Amen. Now, uh, Pastor Neil brought up something and I think, hang on, Luke, and, and this is not in my notes, but that's all right. We're going to go there and we're going to talk about it anyway. And, and I thought this is really good what you brought up. And in Luke chapter one, where it's talking about Mary, it says, blessed is she that believes for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Isn't that what he said this morning mm -hmm. that we need to focus and, and believe and thank God for what he said that it's going to happen. Amen. Amen. That's really the beginning of faith. Now, many years ago, God spoke to me. I was just a little girl and, and I, I knew he was calling me to ministry. I knew that. And no, I didn't go into ministry uh, the next year at seven. And some of the things that he told me have not yet come to pass, but that does not make them any less real or any less the word of God. Amen. And that's why I wanted to encourage you in this time because we're facing some things and we need to get up and we need to quit whining and, and stand up with that voice. Is not the king's voice inside of us that comes out of Micah. It says, is there, why do you cry aloud? Is there no king in you? They were whining. And people have been looking all over the place for all kinds of things to lean on. They're looking for a doctors. Now, I'm not against doctors. Had them in my life and, and occasionally, but I'm not going to lean on them wrong. Right? Doctors are doing their best to look at what and listen to what you say and look at what comes out on a, on a blood work or this or that. But in the end, they cannot heal you. Cannot. They can give you some things for your body that may stimulate it. They can cut some things out. But at the end of the day, they cannot heal you. But they know this. And having worked for doctors, I can tell you that this is what they believe. We know that if we can stimulate the body, it will kind of repair itself in most cases. The liver is a very good organ. It often recovers. And, and, and amazingly, uh, the brain not so well, <laughs> but certainly the liver. There are just different organs that respond differently. We know this. We know who the healer really is. I have watched him and seen some stunning things. You know, there's, there's a scripture in, I think it's Luke, it says, we've seen some strange things today. <laughs> now, usually the, the charismatic church can see, you, you know, we've seen some pretty things. I've seen some strange things. I think that the first time we went to Africa and I saw someone with just white eyeballs, no, no pupil, 
get pupils, I, I kind of, you know, at that point, you know, you're praying. So you're like in faith and looking like a holy person. But the truth is, you go, that was really cool, God. <laughs> There's just this place where, you know, and, and you don't try to reason it in your head. You just kind of look at it. And uh, Doreen walked around with a little baby that had hydro, was hydrocephalic and, and very, very deformed and all kinds of problems and heart problems. And, and we prayed for it many times. She walked around for five days holding the baby and praying in tongues. On Friday, that baby was crawling. And its head was a normal shape. We saw tumors fall off of people. And seen it many times. I've seen it here in Vancouver, not just overseas. And and it's important to know that wherever you are, miracles can take place. So I've seen some strange things, which are God things. I've seen some strange things, which are not God things. (laughs) And hopefully they haven't, you know, deterred me from following him. (laughs) Sometimes people do weird things in the name of God, and you're like, "Uh, please don't attach Jesus to that. You know, give your head a shake and move on down the road. Amen? Amen. There is a place where God wants to stir in us those things that he has spoken. And I could have many times left the call of God on the shelf. Many times. And yet, it, it almost, as long as I said yes to God, it unfolded. I tried to live a life of faith. That didn't always work either. As I said before, you don't try faith. It works. Amen. Amen. I am. This upgrade to word is not being my friend today. (laughs) It's like it's not turning and it's doing weird things. Amen. Just behave now. Behave. Amen. Just behave. (laughs) Praise the Lord. So when I was little and I grew up and, and people around me recognized the call of God. People around you will recognize the call of God. They know. And sometimes it's scary. Because they start treating you like you're the second coming. And that's weird. That was one of those weird things you want to pass on by. You know, they're like, mm, God's got a call in your life. And they talk spooky to you. And you're like, don't do that. It, you know, and especially if you're like 13 or 14, don't do it to anybody. But like when you're 13 or 14, you're like, that's it, I'm rebelling. You're a teenager anyway. You know, you're, you're, you're ready. You're, you're, you know, rebellion is on a boiling fire. You know, and they're just pouring oil on it and, you know, nope. <laughs> and and, and they, because what it looks like is a holy, pure life that you can never add up to. And it comes in front of you and you say, I'm never going to be able to do this. And yet it keeps coming back and you can't escape it. Just kind of like Jonah. You know, and some days you do feel like you're swimming in that smelly inside of a guts of a fish. But, and you may feel like that right now. Wash off 2021. It does not have to stick to you nor its smell. Amen. And, and, you know, uh, we, we have to be people who let go of things. It's not always easy. Actually, my husband and I were talking about it. It's very difficult in difficult in when there's a situation or circumstance arise to not do what you've always done. But that's the only way to break free and do so, and have God's plan come. You've got to choose to do something different, even if it's a small thing. It'll begin the change. 
And that's what it's like when you get born again. You do one small thing. You say yes to Jesus and then small things, small yeses. And small yeses have brought me to the place I am today. And there was a time when we were moved back to Surrey. We really felt that God was calling us back here. We moved to Surrey and I had been through training and, and all kinds of Bible school and this and that. And it still wasn't working. I didn't have the right look. I didn't have the right family. I wasn't born in the right city. And I didn't know the right people but I knew God. I knew God. And still to this day, there are people who think, you don't know the right people. Well, that's okay. I know God. You don't have thousands in your church. That's okay. I know God. And it's not dependent. My call's not dependent on the number of chairs and people in them. And neither is it with you. We have to be where we're called to be and do the best we can to follow him in that place. Amen. So when he, he called me in this and, and I said, okay. And we were in a, a relatively small church but the Lord really put us there and we began to build a relationship with the pastor and you know he's doing his thing I know the Lord is calling you I'm like, oh, there's no escape <laughs> and so after some back and forth and he says to me I want you to come and preach one Friday night and so I I preached on faith because I like to talk about how God gets me through things and and because I believe God. And I'll talk about a little bit about that. But so this is the vision he had while I preach. Afterwards, he's like, praise God, while you're preaching, I had this vision of this flag raising up behind you and bringing the spirit of faith to Canada. And there was like 11 people in that meeting. It wasn't a big meeting either. And I was like, oh, there's no escape. So then you begin to think about the plan, call of God, and you begin to plan it in your head, because I'm a planner, I want to know ahead. Now, it doesn't always look that way when I preach or teach, because it doesn't always come out like in an ABC fashion that I like to plan things. But if you've ever heard me teach a thing, I can teach one, two, three, four, five, six. But that's not today. <laughs> and I'm so glad, aren't you? <laughs> Amen. And so uh, these things began to burst in me. And, and I didn't know how God was going to do it. The next thing you know, as things went along, I just kept saying yes. I just kept saying, yes. that's right. So I said yes to the Lord and, and began to uh, think, well, if I'm going to bring faith, I better study on faith. And I got all, all the faith books. I've read them all. I've, I've read probably the whole of, of uh, Kenneth Hagin's. I've read almost every book except for some new ones out of Kenneth Copeland Ministry. I've read uh, uh, like so many. Uh, I've read thousands of books. And that is not, that's not an exaggeration. And uh, because I wanted to, I thought if I'm going to, you know, bring faith, I better know about faith. And so I tried to work faith. I looked up all the faith scriptures. I got a Strong's Concordance. I'm looking up every word that says faith. Do you know that faith does not come by you looking it up in the Strong's? <laughs> but I tried. <laughs> I really did. I knew there was something different. And there was something I was craving. I had another big craving in my life. It was for prayer. So I talk about prayer a lot. And I believe in f because of the way faith works in me, it's a place where I'm going to mess with your prayer life. And I talked about that. And I like to mess in there. I never used to, but I disturb people's faith life. Amen? And some of you need a little disturbing. <laughs> you know, you need to get back to praying. And something more than like sugar, 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 bagu, you know. Not making spaghetti. No ragu here. Amen? You know, you want to pray in tongues like you mean it. 
like it's a language. It's okay to start in baby language. I did. Other children did. But we need to move on. There are other things the Lord wants to say to you. Don't touch me there. I don't like it. Too bad. We already did. We're there. Amen. And, and you'd be much more happier if you went home and you knew that you were successful in your prayer life. You'd be a happier person. I am. You know, the last thing I want to do is waste my time in prayer. Amen. Amen. How am I going to wait? Well, here I'm going to pray for Sister Susie's toe. I don't really think God's going to heal it. But, you know, I'm going to think about it. I'm going to think about her toe. Man, that looks ugly. That looks like she's probably going to have to have surgery on that toe. And you begin to meditate on the toe and its nastiness and how bad it smells if it's me. And then you're going to look at all the other things. Boy, that looks like that's, oh, don't push that thing. Ugliness might come out when you touch it, you know. That toe is really bad. That's probably why they ask for prayer. I wonder what God would say about a toe. Do you think he'll heal a toe? Yes. And, like, and that's been their whole prayer time. God, I got to go to work now. I spent, you know, 10 minutes talking about that toe, but I never prayed one, you know, never came to faith for it because all I could see was what I could see with my eyes. Hmm. So I knew that there had to be a change. So I, I, in my life, it's partnering with prayer and faith together and how that works and how it operates, how it gets me going and how it gets me through. And as we were in worship this morning, I th this scripture came to me, so I thought, well, I, I share it with you all. And when they're talking about John in Matthew chapter 11, I'll get to my notes soon, you know, maybe. And in Matthew chapter 11, it says, It came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples. That'll be a part that we don't really like here in Canada, neither. <laughs> Is anybody listening this morning? We've got some friends here, amen? Commanding. Don't command us a church. We want to do what we want, and that's why we have division throughout the country. Because everyone's doing what's right in his own eyes instead of what's right in God's. Good morning. 2022, we're going to have to learn to work together and do what he says instead of what pleases me. And when he says commanding, he's going to command some things. Command you to stay in love and not in hate and stop using those words. That's what Pastor Ann said. I'm going to blame you. Amen. When he made a name to commanding, not that he was never going to give us another one, but he was giving them instructions on what this is going to keep you safe, folks. He departed thence, and then he went on to teach and preach some more. <laughs> Amen. Now, when John heard in the prison the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Are you he that should come, or do we look for another? And Jesus answers and says, Go show John those things which you do hear and see. And you see, this is what our world is looking for. It's what they're looking for. Sure, you all gathering in church, but is God doing anything there? Is anybody changing? Are you still the same as you were last year? Did God do anything in your heart? Are you still crying over last year's broken thing? Mm? Right? Yeah. I, I, this is truth. This is what people look looking for. It did Jesus work in your in your church? Is it God? Or are you just giving them another nice piece of ice cream with some cherries on top and a little Sunday out the door? You know, just sick that you'll be nice. You'll feel good. You had ice cream. Now, what people do, they get upset. They go buy Ben and Jerry's or something like that. They eat that, make them feel good, eat the whole thing. Make, now they don't feel good anymore. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of ice cream, but, I, but when it comes to potato chips, I don't know how or where or why that bag got empty. 
it just is. <laughs> You're busy and you look down. How did the back? Whoop, hop. Right? We're not here to give you nice little messages to pat you on the little head, warm your little heart. Be blessed. Be warmed and filled. Goodbye. We're not in that. That is not, we're going to be strong. I love what it says here. It says, go show John again those things which you do hear and see. So not just what you saw with your eyes, but what you heard. What you heard. What you heard. What did you hear at church today? I heard the word of God. I heard Jesus still heals people. I heard he delivers people. And if they have trouble with demons, they don't have to play with them. They'll come out. Amen? Oh, if I hear one more, you know, all these famous people that come along, you know, I'm struggling with my demons. You don't have to. You don't have to struggle one more second with a demon. You can have it come out and be free. Amen? Oh, I'm going to be struggling with this alcohol demon till I die. Well, go ahead then. Amen? If that's your playground, go ahead. But it's not Jesus. It's not the blood of Jesus. And you can be free of that thing forever. You know, the biggest problem with some of these addiction programs is that they speak out of their mouth. This is how we're going to be forever. That's not how I'm going to be forever. I'm going to be like Jesus and I'm going to grow in him daily. I'm glad for his grace because it helps me help you. Amen. (laughs) Helps me be diplomatic some days, but not today, apparently. So go and show your, the things which you hear and the things which you see. Did you see change? Because it should happen. We're not going to wait forever. Change is going to happen. We will see it with our eyes. Have a look at Sakila the next time she's walking. And when she first came here, was bowed over with a cane and could barely walk 10 feet without crying in pain. And how she can run. You can see that. It's not hard. It's not hard. There are other people here in our midst who, well, well, I can jump up and down. Um, But I'm not going to currently. Uh, You know, I I was... I was in terrible shape, you know, the, the, my back was terrible, accelerated degenerative disc disease, but I don't have it anymore, I have before and after x-rays, but none of you have seen me before, so you just see me lively and bouncing and think that's always been that way, but it wasn't, and I'm grateful for God, and sometimes that's why I bounce a little bit more, <laughs> because I'm grateful for what he does. You can see with your eyes the work of God, you don't have to wait anymore. And we're going to see more of his good work. More of it every day. We're not going to see just a trickle. We are believing. This is why I said it's time to hear like the voice for Canada. The voice that can change a nation. And it's not just about going against the politicians. That will never change a thing. It will only change when we go to our God. Believe his word and speak that. That's what changes things. When we're filled with the Holy Ghost. When we're filled with his word. When we stand on his word and we're not moved by that thing that's going on anywhere. Amen. Then they go, ooh, something going on there. Amen. What did they see? He said, the blind receive their sight, even those who are full of pride and blinded by it. Let it be in Jesus' name. Amen. We know pride has blinded so many eyes. And how is it working right now? Well, I believe this, and so I can't let go of it, because if I let go of this, I'm going to look ridiculous. And so I have to continue believing it, even if it's wrong, because of pride. Mm Mm-hmm. And God can fix that, too. They just need a Job moment, right? 
Oh, I'm not God. <laughs> that usually fixes all the I know everything thing. The lame walk, we have that. The lepers are cleansed. You got something bugging you in your body? Something people don't like to look at? Here. Oh, ah, leper! <laughs> Coughing them all. We'll see the leprosy thing going on. <laughs> Good morning. <laughs> see, isn't it better? The word of God, when you smile a bit, goes in much easier. Said the deaf ear, the dead are raised up, and praise God for that. And the poor of the gospel preach to them. And what's the good gospel to the poor? That they don't have to be poor anymore. And people aren't afraid to talk about money, and they don't go running back and oh, they talk about money at church. Well, we should. Why should we? Because the world is talking about it, and they're not going to talk about it right. They're going to talk about it from an attitude of greed. And God's trying to get you into blessing. And if you can't hear the right because you're afraid of the wrong, that's not good neither. Amen? And like, it's one of my favorite lines. Ready? And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. <laughs> Can you see why I like that? <laughs> Amen. Everybody loving the truth. Amen. Don't, don't let it offend you and don't be offended easily. Amen. Get over that. If you're upset every time something goes the wrong way. I was explaining to one of the grandchildren the other day. I was giving a long explanation. You ever done that with a small child that doesn't really understand you anyway? And they just keep nodding and you're giving them long words. I was giving them a long dissertation about how exhausting anger is. <laughs> I mean, I went on and on and I'm getting, you know, just the nod. Yes, yes, Nana. Yes, Nana. Uh-huh. I don't think it really went in, but it might one day. <laughs> but there was certainly listening. Uh -huh. And I went on and on about how, how exhausting anger is. And it says, and as they departed, Jesus began to say unto the multitudes concerning John, what went you out in the wilderness to see? A reed shaken with the wind. And that right there is where the world is stuck. What do I mean by that? Let me tell you. There is a whole world of people out there, Christians, unchristians, believers, unbelievers. Well, probably not believers. Not real ones. Not people who believe in God. Not people who believe in the word that'll change things. People who call themselves believers but haven't yet stepped into believing yet. Good morning. <clears throat> they are expecting weakness in the church. They're looking and say, well, that's a place for weak people. That's a place where any wind that blows, blow them down. Look at how they freaked out when this happened. Look how they freaked out over there. We are not the freak out gang. We are the stay steady, don't be shaken gang. And they shouldn't be surprised. Some people say, well, you know, <clears throat> I was in Africa once and we were once, one time, particular time. And, and I, they asked me to speak to the men, which is, a miracle, yeah. <laughs> Can you speak to our men's group? Yes, praise the Lord. And we got talking about strength, and, and, and sometimes women step into strength incorrectly, and I understand that, but when we come as a minister of the gospel, we're not standing in the feminine zone. I don't come to the pulpit as a woman. I come here as a servant of God in a woman's body. 
I, I do my best to speak what the word says, but not from a, f and that's sometimes, you know, I mean, I've talked about women things and, and that's different. That's not what, that's not the word of the Lord. And there's a right strength that will rise up and it is not dependent on the, the human shell around it. And so I was speaking to them about strength and one of the problems, I said, what's wrong with you folks? I said, you're waiting for the missionaries to come all the time. Do any of you here know how to? They had a pile of, of bricks and mortar. And, and they were waiting for the missionaries to come back to finish the oven so the women wouldn't have to cook the meals on the rocks. So I said, it's our problem. Do you have like some sort of physical weakness? Is, is there no one strong around you? Or do you not know how to build the bricks? Oh, no, we all know how to build the bricks. I said, well, there's the bricks. There's the mortar. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Why are your women cooking on rocks, you know? <laughs> they got their pot. They like, you know, they put a bunch of put rocks out, put some a few sticks because the trees there aren't very thick. And they're trying to build a fire, and they got their pot of water on there, and they're cooking the rice. And I'm thinking, come on, folks, build the stove. And over here, they had everything for the well, everything, all the provision. And there was the hole with a wire thing over it. I said, what happened? Well, we're waiting for the missionaries. Why? I said, you know, you're going down like, you know, over the valley, two hills and a slump, and that's where the water is, and you got to carry it a long way back on your head, you know? And that's what's happening here. The healing's in the church. And we're going two miles out, and we're going over bumps and hills and, and this and that. And we're going to every pharmacy. We're going to every doctor. We're trying to find an answer when the answer's always been right there in front of us. What are you looking over the bumps and the hills, and why are you carrying that thing in your head? Mm. Amen. Well, after this, they said, you're a very strong woman. <laughs> I said, well, the Bible says that women are the weaker vessel. I said, if Jesus has brought this much strength in me, what can he do with the men? Yeah. And they were like, oh. <laughs> one of the fellows, he's like, he said, I am like a fish caught upstream. <laughs> we all laughed together after. We, can we laugh at our foibles and go, you know what? God's bigger than everything we've ever faced. He's not moved. He's got that king part in us. Where is our faith? So uh, as I moved forward in the call and said, continued to say yes to God, I thought, how am I ever going to get to the nation? That didn't make any sense. That didn't make any sense. I don't have like a national voice in that way. I believe I'm called to that. But, but you know, the steps that I'm taking, they don't seem to lead me there. And yet, as the years came, that's exactly what's happened. It's exactly what's happened. I've sat in, in places, in, in government places. I've got to know. I don't know how they, I, I can't, I just said yes. And God opened the doors with politicians, go to this meeting, go to that meeting. I didn't want to go to that meeting, but I did. <laughs> Frankly, some of them are really boring. And, and <laughs> I don't want to talk about those things. But the Lord placed me there. And, and I just said, well, and I get there and think, well, Lord, all right, I'm, I'm anointed to do that. And, and I just kept saying yes, but I, without understanding, without understanding. And so I thought, well, how is this bringing faith? I'm not teaching faith. I didn't preach the gospel there. 
because we have this view of a call. We have this view of purpose. We have this view of how God works things. And it's so small. But so is faith when it begins. Faith starts as a mustard seed. And it's small. And one day you realize, oh my goodness, I've been walking in faith and I didn't even know. Yes! That's it! That's the place! <laughs> and you go, oh, this is really cool. And so once you realize that, you go, oh goodness, I have arrived. <laughs> but where you've got to is the beginning place. <laughs> now that you've got that figured out, you begin, you can begin your race. Now in, in uh, the Amplified version of Hebrews 6.1, it says, let us go on and get past the elementary stage in the teaching and doctrines of Christ. I'm reading out of the Amplified, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. Let us go on. Oh, please, let us. <laughs> get past the elementary stage. Never, you know, as parents, we've often said, you know, would you just grow up? But children don't know how to, I mean, they don't know how to grow up. And, and I dare say we don't know how to grow faith. You know, oh, this one's got bigger faith. This one's, your faith will grow. Well, how will it grow? i tell you why in a minute. And it'll be easy. And you're going to go, it was so easy. I didn't, didn't know. I was trying. I was trying. So the elementary stage in teachings and doctrines of Christ, advancing steadily towards the completeness and perfection. We want to be continually moving forward. But you have to know where you are so that you know where you're going. If you're going to have a map and you're going to go somewhere, you have to know where you begin. Otherwise, the map makes no sense. So you have to be able to acknowledge, where in the world in God's plan am I? You're all in it for one. So, well, I'm looking for the plan. I'm looking for his purpose. You're in it. What are you doing right now? Well, I'm just kind of going in circles waiting for God. <laughs> Okay, well, at least you know you're in a circle. Can you find the circle on the map? <laughs> I like them in the mall. You, know, you are here. You know, some of us need that. <laughs> you are here. That would be a good place. Well, you're here, so let's start that. God puts you in Surrey. Hmm? They're simple. You're here in Surrey. Surrey has about 4% born-again people. 4% born-again people. That was before the last two years of shutdown. Average church size, 125, today 30. Anybody got some ideas why you're here? There are people all around us who don't know Jesus, who if they died today would not go to heaven. We have work to do. You're here, you're in Surrey, you know Jesus, you have a purpose. It's as simple as that. Start sowing seed. And maybe the one that God's been finding, you know how it is, you're driving and you keep noticing a person, or you're at the mall and you go, you notice somebody? Go talk to them. It doesn't have to be deep. You don't have to share your life story, but you might have to listen to theirs, especially right now. Especially right now. Advance steadily toward the completeness and perfection that belong to spiritual maturity. If you've been born again for more than two years, you should be able to walk in a deeper depth right now than you were two years ago. What does that mean? 
you should begin to understand some of what you're reading. It should make sense to you in a real way. Not the words themselves, but how it affects your life. When you read it, you go, oh, this is about me. Oh. Oh. You should begin to see yourself in there. Growing up says, I can see myself and not freak out. <laughs> Amen? That's what adults do. They make decisions, good ones. And they don't freak out when things don't go their way. They say, and, and when we're waiting for the word of God to come to pass, we thank him. Well, that looks ridiculous. I don't care. That's what the Bible says to do, and you do it. Amen? It says it's coming. I think probably that Jeremiah probably looked quite the fool. I think it was 70 years after he died before anything came to pass. But it all came to pass. I'm sure he received criticism. Does the first time somebody criticized you knock you out of the ballpark? First couple of times I had some, I was like, go! What do you mean you don't like me? Well, I didn't do it so people would like me. I'm doing and following God because he said to. It's not based on what people like or don't like. I'm not in a like parade. I'm not looking for ticker tape, you know. I'm not waiting for the ball to drop. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We're hoping some do today. <laughs> Let us not be again laying the foundation of repentance and abandonment of dead works. I like I, I just so like this in the Amplified. Like, go ahead, abandon that dead thing for crying out loud. Why are you carrying it with you? You know, well, we're going to apologize for our dead works all over again. One more time. Let's see if we get it really off our shoulders. We're going to go back and we're going to go ahead and we're going to repent for this thing 15 times over. How many people have ever repented for something more than once? I guess I'm the only one. <laughs> right? And you're like, God, I'm so sorry. God, I'm so sorry. God, I'm so sorry. Like, and it's like, mm-hmm. That's right. I'm so sorry that I'm sorry. <laughs> like, abandon that dead thing for crying out loud. It stinks. It's terrible. But no, we're just going to go back and touch it one more time just to make sure it's dead. You know, <laughs> when we were growing up, my brother got this idea he wanted an alligator or a crocodile. I don't know. Just little. I don't think we were supposed to own them, but somehow we got one. And, and so, and, and it was starting to get big, and they found this, and the school was across from our house, the elementary school, and they had been digging something. I found an old, I guess they tore down a house, and they'd left behind one of those big old tubs with the feet. They carted, a bunch of them carted it into the school, and the alligator, crocodile, whatever it was, got moved into the school, which we were happy about. My dad was happy about the thing, because they used to get out of the cage all the time and wander around the house. So <clears throat> kids poked it and whatnot, and eventually the thing, we, I don't know, we didn't feed it right, didn't have the right lights, got cold, whatever, thing died. But you know, we we're kids. What do you think we had to do? We had to make sure it was dead. It stank. It gave all the signals. Its eyes were closed. It hadn't breathed for hours. It, well, it was already cold. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but this thing, it was dead, but we all had to touch it. Right? Do you think it's dead? Do you think your past is dead? Do you think it's gone? Why are you touching that dead thing? Isn't it about time you abandoned that thing? Ugh. It didn't work. Why are you trying it again? Because it's not just dead things. It's dead works. 
You have tried that thing. I, best example, you know, when you're looking for something, you go in the filing cabinet, should be in there. I'm sure I filed that thing. I'm sure I filed that thing. You pull it all out, and, you know, you think about it, and you go to bed, and I know I put that file in there. The next thing you know, the next morning you get up, you pull out every file, you go through them all paper by paper. It's still not there. It's not there. <laughs> not there. Those dead works. Well, you know, I saw so-and-so, and they did that, and it worked for them. Good. But you've tried it 10 times, and it did not work for you. Leave it. Bye. And not Felicia. <laughs> Abandonment of dead works. Religion is really a dead work. But it's easy. And we think, well, yeah, we know all of them. They've got a pointy hat. You can spot them real easy. Got a collar and a pointy hat and strange clothes. I tell you what, that's not the only way religion dresses up. It can dress up all kinds of ways when it becomes the, your formula for living and, and rituals and all those kinds of things. You can be religious about how you put on your socks. Mm-hmm. I always put the right one on first, then the left. Then I put on my right shoe. I put on my left. It's what I've always done. If you break the cycle, I won't know if I have socks on. <laughs> Come on now. You know this is the truth. I'm talking here. <laughs> He says, and of the faith by which you turn to God. See, there's a place inside. It's that turning to God. It's that turning around where you come to him. It's that place where you chase after him. That's the place that needs to rise again in this nation. That place where we find the seed and grab a hold of that great seed and give it a place to thrive. Give it a place to come alive. And, and it comes alive as we recognize, oh, our faith isn't in, in like little words that are on a sticky note, although they sometimes help. And, and I've used those methods, but it's not in the method. Our faith can't be in a method, and it can't be in repetition, and it can't be in your neighbor. It's got to be faith towards God in who he is and find out how he works. I harp a lot about ears, and I harp about it because I have to remind myself as well when the wonderful song we were singing this morning remember 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 we need to remember the good things and we and it tends to be because pain creates memory it tends to be that we remember painful things more than the great things that God has done and if I asked any one of you even though you're all believers here and 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 some of you watching online I ask you and you'll sit down and the first three things what's a what's your most the memory that comes up the quickest. Now, some of you might say, I got married recently. I got married, and that was cool. That's not a painful thing, but in some cases. And so <laughs> the painful change of it all. But in most cases, the, the quickest memory that comes to, to mind is something where pain was, something that went wrong. And we need to be quick about remembering his mercy and remember his grace. Remember the time he spoke into our heart. Remembering the words like Mary did. I brought this up in one of the little Facebook lives I did just before or Christmas Day where I said, you know, they talk about the years of silence and God not speaking. But I said, Mary couldn't have had faith if no one was talking about Jesus. There has always been a remnant and maybe it wasn't publicized and there wasn't anything written down and God wasn't speaking in the way that the word was written. But someone was talking about him. Someone, somewhere, noised it abroad. Someone got a hold of God because faith comes by what? And isn't that what Elizabeth said that I read earlier? 
right? She heard the word from God. She heard it and she believed God. Faith comes by hearing. She had to hear somewhere Mary had to hear to trust God. Somewhere, somehow, someone was talking. We just don't know who it was. Is that important? No, it's not important. What's important is that she heard. And so for all of us, and you may not have the right name. I didn't have the right name. I didn't, have the right, I didn't get born into a great family in Tulsa, Oklahoma, that everybody knew my name, and they knew, and all the people around me, oh, they were going to set me up for a great ministry in my life. I knew Jesus. I knew Jesus. I knew what he said was true. And I believed what he said would come to pass. It's so simple. I had ears to hear. And yes, I harp on it, but there is a reason. Hearing waters the seed that's sown in your heart. That's how the seed grows. And it won't matter what seed is in there, right? If you have places where you doubt or distrust God, and you your ears are filled with the words of the world that come by fear, it will produce a harvest of doubt. We can see that. It will produce a harvest of grief. And it's never going to work for me. Hmm? So this is why when we talk about the places of, of the seed that's gone in our life, how does seed get in there in the first place? By what you partake of. What are you partaking of? Do you ever sit down and talk the word with someone? Not just on a Sunday. There's a place where, yes, you can receive a certain amount of word by, by sharing it, by hearing it on a Sunday. But what do you do when you go home? How do you partake of the word? And we use the word partake because I'm kind of like referring to eating. But what do you consume? What, what, what fills your heart to the place where you can grow up into those things and leave behind? Is the word really meaning something to you? And I can tell you 20 years ago how, it, how I received the word and what I thought about the word is very different than what I think about today. Is that frightening? No, because I didn't understand it the way I do today. It, it meant some things, but as I go along, I think, ooh, this is, and I, I mean, I've been reading the Bible a while. Since I was four years old, I've been reading King James Version. So I've been reading for a while, almost 60 years. So what I understood today should be more if I'm growing. That should work. It should make more sense. And it's beginning to. It's beginning to. And the voice that God had for the nations begins to expand. In the last few days, there were some reports of things that were happening in, in Quebec. And it became very unsteady there last week. Just the, the announcement went out to the pastors on the, at 5 o'clock on last Thursday, and it was enacted on the Friday, the 31st of December. And suddenly that voice... The call came alive as I spoke to, to one of the pastors who speaks to other pastors who was in a place where it was very unsteady and was able to speak words of faith and encourage. And there it was. Was it a public door? Not by any means. 
Will everybody know about it? Probably not. But nobody knew who spoke to Mary. And she believed what God said. There may be people who will never ever know what you've said to someone. But they believed what you said about Jesus. And it started something that couldn't be stopped. Because they got hold of the word for themselves in a real way. And they got up and they believed. And it changed everything. Changed everything. People often refer to Billy Graham's Sunday school teacher. Apparently he was a wild child. But there was a Sunday school teacher who loved him, prayed for him, believed God for him, who led him to the Lord. And in all the stories I've ever read, I've never seen her name written. Not once. I don't even know if they know what her name was. And there are many times that God may call us into something and they'll never know. There are many places I've been and I don't talk about it. I mean, we've laughed about some of the things because somehow wherever I go, there's always a story. And, and, and we've had lots of laughs as we've traveled and, and the Lord's hand has been upon us and we've seen lives change, but it scares some people. It scares some people. In Hong Kong, when we were there, there were people there who'd raised the dead and had tremendous miracles. And, and, and they were there in those meetings. And the power of God, because everything is quiet, sort of underground, it's kept kind of um, not very um, out, uh, pardon me? Publicized. Well, not, not only not publicized, but it's not really dramatic in any way. And, and it's not that I purpose in my heart to be dramatic. It's just how God works in me. <laughs> and <laughs> and, it, and it, it, it was one of those dramatic demonstrations of power that happened there. And it began, and Doreen kind of just grabbed my shoulders and was kind of pointing me. She was behind me and just kind of pushing me through the crown. And I just had my hands out. There were people who were frightened. There were looks on their face. They actually backed up. And people were falling all over the place and getting healed. And I mean, it was, it was powerful. powerful. And it's hard to describe those things. And then you leave and they don't really know your name and that's okay doesn't make any difference. They were changed and they were healed. And you can't really, you, you can tell those stories and they're kind of funny in one way, <laughs> Doreen's point and shoot game. And, <laughs> but you know, uh, in those kind of things that God can use you in that way. But it doesn't really make sense to your mind. But God moved and people were healed. The scary part was one young fellow who had been a tremendous accident, well, we assume, he didn't speak English. He had a whole head cage on metal thing started you know the circle and it came down and had braces around his chest as well the halo thing I mean it was and and he comes forward to be prayed for and and he falls down and everybody goes ah! <laughs> you know ah! and he and, you know had sort of loose in there sort of but not really you know there's all kinds of bolts and whatnot he gets back up and comes for more I've went two or three times and, and he wasn't afraid he was believing for, for healing. He saw something there. When I was a little girl, I had no idea that would happen. There are things that God's stirring in your heart. And you go, I didn't think this would ever happen. But it is. 
and faith can rise. Faith, when you can hear it, will water the seeds. When your ears hear the right thing, they'll water the seeds that have been sown in your heart every time. Remember that faith works by love, right? Think of um, 1 Corinthians 13. What does it say? Love what? Believes all things, right? So if faith operates by love, faith believes all things. Sometimes we, we run through 1 Corinthians 13 because it's popular. It talks about love, and we think, oh, love, la, la, la. Love believes. Love believes all things. All things. So when we come to the place where we're believing God, it believes all things. Love believes all things. Hopes all things. Now I can trust. When love is at work, you know, think about how you know when someone loves you and it's unconditional, you, you know that even if they discipline you, it's for a good reason. They could turn you. You know that they don't have harm in mind. They have a goal in mind of, of going forward. They have a greater purpose that something's about to expand. You know when someone loves you and you believe their words, it's going to be better tomorrow. And we need to come back in this country to a place where we understood what the true love of God is again. Because we need it and people need it in this country. It's what's going to uh, work the place in us where God can work through us and he see healing in people. They need to know that they are loved. They need to know it and not just by words because faith without works is dead. And when their love works, it changes things. Love works of faith uh, has an action. It has that place where you go beyond not looking for someone to say you did well, but some kind of action that is a demonstration that you just couldn't help yourself. You had to do it not looking for the approval of men, not looking for the approval, just doing it because you love people. There are some things that we've done that are kind of like wild, but it's because we love people. You know, at a little church, we want to give out 100 meals, you know. It was kind of crazy and kind of wild. Oh, I, you know, and I get these ideas. I, wanna, I want the pastors to, to put our, we'll read the scriptures on tape and they can hear our voice because we loved you. That's why we did it. Now, you know, I come up with a wonderful idea, and then everybody has to work it out. And that's their working part of the love, that they love me. And they, <laughs> amen. But I also know this, that, amen. <laughs> there was a lot of work, I know. But there is a place where I know, because I'm here, that the other pastors who have full-time jobs, that it costs them. It costs them. But we did it because we love you. And not because we're looking for you. Oh, those pastors, they really love it. It's not like that. It's because we love you. And we'll do more. Maybe one day somebody says, are you going to do the whole New Testament? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> when I, I come to the place where I see this vision stirring, I know it's time to believe for our country. It's going to take us operating in a deeper level of love for people, for our country, for those who don't know Jesus. What a terrible thing. A terrible thing. Uh, for many of you know my mom's in a home and 
when I walk through the halls with her and we sing hymns often as we're kind of going up and down the halls, and, and a few uh, lately carols, but often hymns, and I've got to know most of the people's names, and they go, oh, here they come, they're singing again. And, <laughs> and it blesses my mom. She loves to sing the hymns, and, you know, it's kind of awkward and sort of out there to be able to just sing going down the hallway. But then people come out, and they go, there they are. And some of them are not yet saved. There are a lot of people saved there, but there are a lot of people who don't know Jesus. And maybe that's the only testimony they'll get. But there's a pastor on board, and he sees me, and he kind of follows us around. And so I think together it's a good work. What kind of demonstration is God stirring in you? There's someone in your life that needs the love of God. Always. 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 Can we operate in it? Do we have the place to operate in it? You see, I know that many of you are sitting here today and you felt God stirring in your heart. Some of you have got little bits and pieces and saying, I don't know how I'm going to get there. I believe today's answer is start by thanking him for the call. I know this sometimes words, prophetic words, some people are looking for them like the cane. You know, they're looking for a prophetic word to lead them through their life. And they're going to lean on that thing when God wants to talk to them directly. Many people have got stuck in this time in the realm of looking for another prophecy to guide us through, to have an answer for the pandemic. The answer's always been in the word of God. Jesus is healer. Yeah. And, and he warned us, there are going to be plagues, man. There are going to be wars and rumors of wars. There are going to be lots of rumors. Lots of rumors. Don't get sucked in. You don't have to be. You don't have to get angry about the situation. I understand sometimes it's frustrating. I know. But you don't have to. You don't have to take the bait. That doesn't mean you can't ever talk about it. It's not like the, yeah, talk about it, I don't care. But don't get angry. Don't get out of love. The cost of getting out of love is way too high. I cannot stay in faith when I get out of love. I don't know how other people do it. Well, you know, we probably, that's another whole sermon. And we don't need to go there. I think we're already feeling the rub. It's so important to trust our God. So important. I think I'll read this. You know, I mean, I'm trying to find the door to shut here, but I have next week and we can just continue on. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want you to be encouraged and know that you're not alone. That I do believe that, that we're in the time of change. That as we rise up with that kind of faith, when we're working in the love of God, we'll have the answer. We're not going to be moved. Rumors are going to go. There'll be rumors. There were rumors before. There'll be rumors now. There'll be rumors later. But don't buy them. Amen. That doesn't, I'm not condoning or putting down anything. Just like your God. <laughs> Amen. Let your seat get watered. Amen. Praise the Lord. First um, Peter chapter two. It, was that where I was going? Was that where I was going? I think it's probably second Peter. Yeah, second Peter. That's where I went. Second Peter chapter one. I'm going to read this over you. Oh, I'll start at verse one because we like it. Simon Peter. I'm reading out of King James. First, second Peter chapter one, verse one. 
Simon Peter, servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith. Got the seed in you? Of course you do. Is it growing a little bit today? Amen. It's getting watered. What you're hearing will water it. What you're hearing will water it. Do I have great faith? Maybe. Maybe for one area. Work it there. Remember I said there would be an easy way I want to talk to you about? The day that I realized, oh, look, faith worked easy there. That same thing, do it there. Hmm. You know, you might, I had faith for, my husband has faith for vehicles. And we just went, it was, praise the Lord. I did not, but I went to work with him. It worked. I have faith for shoes. (laughs) Yes, I have funky ones on today. Amen. And partly because I had a lot of foot problems, and I needed shoes that would work. And and now the foot problems are here, but I have lots of shoes too. So it's a good thing. It was a double blessing, amen? So when I, I knew how to work faith in one place and how to trust God and how he loved me, I love my feet. He loved me to be happy on my feet. I stand on my feet a long time. If you're ministering, there were times when, when we've been traveling, I would be on my feet for four to five hours ministering and then praying for people. I had to have shoes that weren't going to be, you know, talking to me. Amen. <laughs> so God, and so I worked that. And I was like, oh, that was easy. God loves me. He loves my feet. He knows what I'm called to. You see how I, that was what was going on inside? I was like, oh, but I trusted him there. Ah, he loved me. I trusted him. I trusted where he guided me. It was easy. Hmm? Where has he got you? What are you doing? Trust him there. Know he loves you. And I was like, oh, is that how easy faith works? Mm-hmm. There we go. Having obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. Where does faith first? To God. To God. Don't let anything in this world shake you off of what you know about God. Don't let it happen. What God says is true. You can trust it. You can trust it. Trust it. The rest, not so much. But God, yes. Trust what you know about God. Do you remember? Like that song. Do you remember? Do you remember that first time you said yes to Jesus? I can remember always knowing God loved me. And we'd sing that song in Sunday school. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And today I go, that is such a powerful song. (laughs) Right? And I know he loves me. And I believed it because the Bible said so. And that was enough to trust him. According as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life. We don't need a government to provide for us. He's given us everything we need. And sometimes we've been blind to what's right in front of us. But we're not blind anymore. Through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Don't be afraid of the glory of God. He said to give it to us. Whereby are given unto us very weak things that will fall down every time the government says something. Exceeding great and precious promises so that we can stand and say, 
the government is on his shoulders. And they will have to comply with God every time. I can tell you historically, they always do. They fight. They make, try to make rules. And every time a government has tried to stand against God, they have failed miserably. Now, they can go down quietly or they can go down the hard way. God's not really concerned. He's just concerned. Bow now or bow later, but you'll bow. And that's how it works. And we can believe God together to go forward unrestrained, unrestrained in this country. That the gospel of God will go forth. It will go forth in power. It will go forth in might. And we will not be afraid. And we will not be moved. Amen. Amen. Exceeding great and precious promises is more than enough. More than enough. And we'll believe that this thing could just, just like anything else. Haven't you heard about those who've gone before us who had disease in their hand and it died in their hand like John G. Lake? There is no reason for disease to have any kind of power over us. And we need to hear it and hear it and hear it and hear it because faith comes by. And we need to water the seed that we've received. And so you might have heard before that Jesus is healer, but you'll hear it a lot more. And we're going to keep praying for the sick every Sunday. And I finish it this way. I did find the door. Praise the Lord. We're going to have communion. <laughs> Last week, uh, I said, we need to pray for him. And we're going to pray as the Holy Ghost leads. And the pastors are going to come and stand with me. <laughs> and, and last week when they were standing with me, one of the things that Pastor Neil said ahead of time is he prayed about clots. Two days later, someone was reported to have clots and were hospitalized. And don't you know that that Doreen stood for that person and they stood on that word. She stood on that word that came forth on the Sunday ahead of time because what God does, what? He warns us because a protector warns you of what's to come. And that stood on that word and they were out of hospital and doing well and clots dissolved in Jesus' name. So sometimes you say, well, that's funny. There was no one here with that. Well, God knew ahead of time. He's not delayed. He is on time every time. He is on time every time. He is on time every time. And today, we're going to celebrate communion. And we're going to remember that this is a new year. And it's a new time. And we're going forward. We're going forward. And we're pressing forward. And we're going to obey God. We're going to keep saying yes to him. Oh, we're going to have fun. Amen. Amen? And we're going to see lots and lots of miracles. Amen. Not little dribbles of them here and there. Amen? Because we've seen a little dribbles. But no, no more dribbles. Amen? Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327. Or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139, 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W, 3B1.